0: Hello, working people of Southwest Washington.
1: You're listening to episode five of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Sunrise Dental. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. I'm
0: Shannon Myers.
1: And I'm Harold Phillips.
0: And before we get started, we want to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guests, unions, or their employers, and not even their guinea pigs. It's just their own opinion.
1: Not even the guinea pigs?
0: Well, you know, I had to come up with something new, Harold.
1: <laughs> now that we've got that out of the way. Oh, Shannon, it has been a really rough couple of weeks here in southwest Washington. And uh, let's be honest, it's been a rough year everywhere in the United States and the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 2020 is definitely a year to be reckoned with. COVID-19, what we've experienced here on on the west coast as far as forest fires, I grew up in Southern Oregon. My hometowns of Talent and Phoenix, Oregon are flattened to the ground. So 2020 can pretty much kiss my ass.
1: In times like these, not that it feels like there have ever really been times like these, the need for help is immense. Working people need help. And at the same time, working people are looking for ways that they can help their friends, families, neighbors. We're lucky to have some resources here in the lower left corner of the Evergreen State that can handle both those needs. And to talk about them, we are lucky enough to have the Secretary-Treasurer of the Washington State Labor Council, April Sims, with us. Hello, April. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: I'm so excited to be here. Before we start, though, Shannon, I want you to know that any opinions that I share or express tonight are absolutely closely held by my dog. My 100-pound chocolate lab is around here somewhere, and uh, he agrees with me 100% of the time. I just (laughs) want to make sure that I clarify that.
1: So, April, can you start out just by explaining what is the Washington State Labor Council?
2: The Washington State Labor Council is the umbrella labor organization in Washington state. We represent about 600 locals and affiliates and over half a million workers all across the state of Washington. We partner with the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. So they're the local central labor council for folks that live and work in Southwest Washington. And we're that umbrella organization. And a little known fun fact, Washington State proudly boasts having the third highest union density in the nation. So we are at nearly twice the national average, just behind New York and Hawaii. And President Larry Brown and I have put the leaders of those states on notice that we are coming for their titles.
1: (laughs) What has the State Labor Council been doing to help working people here in the state of Washington?
2: I do think that 2020 is going to go down as the great exposer, right? 2020 is exposing all of the gaps in our social safety net. It is exposing the realities of climate change. It is exposing how precarious so many workers are. You know, in Washington state, I recently read that more than 400,000 Washingtonians are surviving on debt alone. So what we are learning as a result of COVID, what we're learning as a result of this economic downturn is that working folks need help. They need help just putting food on the table and making ends meet. So the Washington State Labor Council has a foundation called the Foundation for Working Families that was established nearly a decade ago that provides economic relief for union members who are facing financial hardship or are in need of disaster relief. So, if folks are just having a hard time paying the bills, paying their childcare, they can apply for relief through the foundation. And in addition, a number of families that have been impacted by these wildfires are eligible for relief through our disaster relief fund.
1: And how does that work, April? What form does that aid take?
2: There are a couple of different forms. If it is a COVID related financial need, then we will just send a family a $300 gift card to Fred Meyer, which is a good union store. Or if there is another need, then we'll often just cut a check to a landlord or pay a utility bill directly, depending on the need. Folks can apply for funds through the foundation by going to the State Labor Council's website, which is www.wslc.org. Click on the Foundation for Working Families link, and you can access the application right then and there.
0: How does this foundation get funded? Because I know that there's so much need. Is there a way for people maybe who are doing well right now and employed, can they help to donate to that foundation so that we continue to help more working people?
2: It's always surprising and uplifting how much union families want to help other union families in need. So we get a lot of contributions directly from rank and file union members who have a few extra bucks in their pocket and they know what a difference it's going to make for other workers and families. The foundation is funded entirely by donation and off the generosity of union members and their affiliated unions
1: now even though we have a lot of union density here in washington state there are still people who aren't members of unions is it possible for them to contribute to the foundation as well
2: Yes. Well, anyone can make a contribution to the Foundation for Working Families. And since it is a nonprofit and a 501c3, those contributions are also tax deductible. Anyone can make a contribution. This year, we actually received a generous contribution from the Seattle Foundation. Because it came from a foundation, we were able to award grants and provide financial assistance to non-union families which is the first time we've had an opportunity to do that through the foundation and really made a significant difference for a lot of folks who were, you know, sometimes folks are just on the bubble.
0: Speaking of non-union families, I know that there are a lot of listeners out there who don't have union representation, but might be experiencing some unsafe working conditions or Maybe they're getting harassed at work or maybe they haven't had a raise in two years. Maybe they're not getting paid what they think they deserve. How can the state labor count? What can you guys do for them?
2: If you go to the website, if you go to www.wslc.org, you can click on the Why Union link, and that will take you to a page that will talk to you about the union difference that will uh, connect you with one of our organizers who can connect you with a union that's organizing in your industry or maybe in your region that can identify problems or challenges that you might be having at your job site and potentially help you walk through some of those challenges.
0: Now, I've been a part of the labor movement for over 20 years, and we're not going to discuss age at this point because I'm 25, but I know that the labor movement has always been saying that we lift all workers. And I know that you guys did something to help out a bunch of our amazing farm workers
2: in Washington state. I'm not talking about age because otherwise I was going to have like one of those um, poor internet connections and y'all might lose me from this podcast. So um, appreciate that. You know, one of the things that was really unfortunate about COVID and the high number of folks that were unemployed during the initial shutdown was that folks that were undocumented did not have access to any of the relief granted through the federal government and were completely left out or excluded from a system that would provide them with economic relief. The Washington State Labor Council worked with a number of our community organizations, uh, organizations like the Washington Immigrant Solidarity Network and other members from the farm worker and the agricultural community to get the governor to earmark funds specifically for agricultural workers and non-documented workers that are left out of that financial relief system so that now they can access a form of unemployment benefits to provide them with some financial relief. I mean, these are the folks that are picking our food, that are processing our food, that we are counting on as part of our supply chain to make sure that we can feed our families. And it's a real travesty that during a time like COVID, they are worried about how they're going to keep the lights on and feed their own families. So we were excited to play a small part in making that happen.
1: You know, it's interesting, April. I think there's a perception in a lot of people's minds that the labor movement is a bunch of unions who stick together. But what you're talking about is reaching out and helping non-unionized workers. Is that a really common thing where the labor movement would reach out to a non-unionized workplace or a sector of business to help them out?
2: Oh, I love this question because I think a lot of people have that misconception unions are really about fighting to improve the lives of all workers and building power for the working class so that we all have a say in our wages, benefits, and working conditions. And long before unions existed as an institution, workers came together and formed this labor movement. And it's our job as leaders of this movement to make sure that we are continuing that tradition and fighting the forces that seek to enslave the human soul, which is language that's actually written into the Constitution of the Washington State Labor Council, that we are charged with fighting the forces that seek to enslave the human soul. And that is whether you belong to a union or not. And if I could leave folks with one last thought, um, vote right? Like ballots are coming out in less than three weeks. Uh, Our 18-day voting period begins in just a few short weeks. And it is incredibly important that workers and the working class show up to vote in this election. So no matter where you are, when your ballot comes in the mail, please return that thing right away.
1: Amen to that. Thank you so much, April Sims, Secretary-Treasurer of the Washington State Labor Council. Now stick around with us, working people. We are going to talk to somebody else in our community here in Southwest Washington who is there for working people in times of need and also helps with their dental work.
2: Hey folks, it's Judy Ansell from the Heartland Labor Forum in Kansas City. You can find us at kkfi.org. The Heartland Labor Forum is a member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Just go to laborradionetwork.org and you'll find a grid of logos for shows. Click on any one for history, news, politics, or arts, all about the most neglected topic in the corporate media. Workers, check out our show on kkfi.org and all the shows at laborradionetwork.org.
1: Welcome back, working people. We all know that during times of crisis, it's easy to be so focused on helping others that we don't take care of ourselves. And that includes taking care of our dental needs. You also know the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council is all about making sure working people like us get treated fairly in our workplaces and encouraging you to support those businesses that treat their workers right with union contracts. We're really pleased to have a dental office here in Southwest Washington that gives its workers a voice on the job and is there to take care of working people in our region even when times are tough. That's why we're happy to have Mike Williams here to tell us about Sunrise Dental. Thanks for joining us, Mike.
3: Thank you, uh, Harold and Shannon.
0: So what's different about Sunrise Dental compared to other quote-unquote dental outfits out there?
3: Well, there's an awful lot of differences. Sunrise Dental is not corporate dentistry. Each one of our 51 locations, uh, 52 excuse me, we put a new one on, in the Northwest, is independently owned. Each dentist owning each practice is working and living in the community Uh, That they serve us.
1: You said throughout the Northwest. Where exactly is Sunrise's territory?
3: Back in 2000, Dr. Abraham Garbanyan, our founder, started Sunrise Dental out of a small practice in Renton, Washington. From that, he has brought together a number of independent dentists owning each one of their practices 52, if I could echo that one more time that are located in every major city in the Northwest almost every major city, and in the larger cities, two and three locations. So we're all over the map. 100% of the Sunrise Dental locations in Washington and Oregon are represented by labor unions. In the Puget Sound, by UFCW21, on the greater east side of Washington, they're represented by the Teamsters. We also have a group in southwest Washington, that are represented by the machinists. And further down south in Portland, we have the Bakers Union that also represents our folks.
1: We've talked about what sets Sunrise apart. What sort of things can you do for people during these really tough times that we're finding ourselves in?
3: Flexible scheduling, uh, which I think gives some economic relief in some of those budgets for folks. We also offer free teeth whitening. For those that continue in a process where they make their two scheduled appointments a year um, to get their teeth cleaned, as long as they adhere to that, they have free whitening for life as long as they continue with Sunrise Dental in any one of the 52 locations.
0: Free teeth whitening. That's like Over a hundred bucks at other places. And you guys are giving it as part of just a thank you for being a patient. Wow.
3: Well, we realize how tight those budgets are. We also realize how wonderful having free whitening would be. And yes, Shannon, uh, traditional dentists can charge you up to $400 for that free whitening. And there are major differences in your smile when you do it. So we know you'll appreciate it.
1: I can tell you, Shannon's sure smiling right now.
3: We also have a $25 bonus for you for each patient that you refer. So that $25 credit or $25 gift certificate that we may give you will probably help you a lot in your budget. Labor unions here in the state of Washington and Oregon um, and their members enjoy some of the best benefits out there. One huge benefit from going to Sunrise Dental we will accept their union benefits as payment in full, thus leaving them with no out-of-pocket for most of those dental services.
0: So you're saying in some cases, some of our union members are paying zero out-of-pocket. That is amazing. So tell us how they can find out if their plan qualifies or if Sunrise Dental takes their plan. What's that website?
3: You can find that at sunrisedental.com. If you have a specific question and you've heard this podcast, my door is always open and you can reach me at Mike at sunrisedental.com. Or, now don't give it to everybody, but my cell phone number is 206 380 1751 and I'm very happy to respond to any of your questions.
1: Well, you know, Mike, we would love to have you come back sometime and talk more about how Sunrise is giving back to our communities, but our time is just about up. Give us that website one more
3: time. Sunrisedental.com.
1: Thank you, Mike Williams with Sunrise Dental for joining us and stick around working people. We are going to be right back and we're going to talk about somebody in Clark County who is also looking out for his community.
0: That would be Matt Little running for County Commissioner, Harold.
1: We'll be right back. Hey, gang, it's Jeremy Waugh, host of the Break Time Breakdown. You can find us at www.smart110.org or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also a member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Head over to www.laborradionetwork.org where you'll find labor-friendly shows and podcasts from all over the country. If you're a friend of the working class, and you should be, head over to laborradionetwork.org today. Thanks for sticking with us, working people. Someone who has some firsthand knowledge of some of the disasters that we've been dealing with here in southwest Washington is Matt Little, who lives in a rural section of Clark County. And Matt is also running for the Clark County Council, representing District 4. Thanks for joining us, Matt.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: So, Matt, in the recent wildfires, were you and your family affected in the part of Clark County that you live in?
4: Oh, absolutely. We all were. The air quality index was off the charts. I think it only went up to 500. We were at 700 at one point. It was crazy. We closed all our doors. We taped them. We turned on the couple air filters that we had, and it still didn't do enough. So, yeah, this was... This is a community-wide problem that affected so many people, and it's still affecting people in other communities.
1: So, Matt, can you explain this whole district system? Where is District 4?
4: Yeah, District 4 is one of four districts, and there's a chair, so there's five seats on the county council. My district covers Camas, Washugal, Battleground, and Yakult. So, we've got kind of east-north country. We've got The rural county, and we've got some of these towns as well. So we have a mix. I've watched some
1: of the videos that you have on your website. It looks like your house is kind of in the middle of a wooded area. Is that right?
4: Yeah, we are on the edge of an urban growth boundary. And actually, part of the reason why I'm running is because last year I was with my wife. We were driving around and we saw these new developments that just looked out of place for the rural character that we have out here. And it had no services. It had no local jobs. It it just didn't make sense. And so I started asking some questions. And I found a planning process that's being used in six different counties in Washington right now and in over 30 different states. It's a win-win solution where rural landowners get compensated for keeping their land the way it is. We don't use taxpayer dollars to do it and developers even win because we end up building up our urban areas so that we can have walkable neighborhoods with local jobs and more affordable homes. All the details are on my website at mattlittleforclarkcounty.org.
0: Well, speaking of disasters, I do want to talk a little bit about our current county council. So you're running for a current council position, and the disaster is COVID-19. We've been experiencing this since March, and we just had, I heard, two county counselors at an event in Camas that was breaking state law with no masks. That, to me, is a disaster, Matt. What would you do differently if you're elected to the council?
4: Oh, my Lord, that was a disaster. The county council is the Board of Health. They They enforce the state standards. They are supposed to model the state standards. And my opponent and the chair were at a big political rally for CULT. And you can see it on the Lacamas Magazine live interview. They were not social distancing and there wasn't a mask in sight. Now that is horrible modeling and totally irresponsible. And if I was elected, I would have the exact opposite approach. In fact, I've been watching the Board of Health meetings, and my opponent and the chair have been constantly challenging Dr. Melnick, who is the public health director, on every piece of data that he brings forward to them as a scientist, as if they know better. And I would have great faith in the doctors and the scientists who are bringing forward this information so that we can make responsible decisions. So I'm just flabbergasted about the whole thing.
1: You were talking about science, even though you haven't served in government in Clark County before, you have been connected to government and actually in a scientific manner, right?
4: Yeah, well, my degree is in science. I have a biology degree. I also have a public policy degree. And my first job was with Environmental Protection Agency Wetlands Division. And after that, I ended up working on an international treaty on wetlands and then a senator from new york daniel patrick moynihan picked me up as a science fellow and trusted me within a couple months to become his senior advisor on land use issues and conservation and science and space and all sorts of cool issues i got to work on with him and then after that i worked for a bipartisan council a regional council of House and Senate members who are Republican and Democrat as a policy advisor. And ever since then, I've worked with nonprofit groups, including the local Cascade Forest Conservancy where I was executive director.
1: So how do you go from DC, the other Washington, advising representatives and senators to rural Clark County?
4: Well, I wanted to get out there and learn how decisions are made nationally, and also how independent decisions can be made, how people from both parties can come together and make decisions. And that actually used to work. I was there about 20 years ago when there are still statesmen and women who are like agreeing on things. And I would like to bring that model of leadership to the council, especially as an independent working in a nonpartisan job where we're fixing roads and doing zoning and providing important county resources It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat to do that. And I am a true independent. So I feel like I'm the best person for that job.
1: So you said that you're running as an independent, which is a little bit different than what a lot of people tend to see in elections. They usually see Democrat or Republican. What does that mean to be an independent running for the county council?
4: Well, unlike the president or the governor or a legislative body that makes legislative, partisan decisions every day. The county council has, as I mentioned, basic duty of providing county services and infrastructure and determining the future planning. And these things aren't partisan. And an independent is someone who really leads in the middle. And that's where decisions are made. Ultimately, I learned that in Capitol Hill. You have your extremes on both sides. They're pushing the edges. But when you come up with a decision at the end, it's almost always in the middle. And that's where I just live. I I like policy. I'm kind of a policy dork. So, yeah, I'm an independent. And when people vote for this position, it should be totally different than how you vote up ticket, where those are partisan decisions. The only reason that people like folks like us to put a Republican or a Democrat on our ticket, it helps a voter understand generally which way they lean. But if you're doing your campaign right, you're going to put all your information about what you believe in on your website, in forums like this, so that the public knows exactly what you stand for. You don't have to be a Republican or Democrat. In fact, if you do pick one or the other, I believe you exclude half the people in your district who you are serving in this role providing important county resources. It makes no sense to be one party or the other. And that's why I'm an independent. I always have. It's a perfect position for me because that's where I live.
1: So what's that website that has all that information, Matt?
4: Yeah, I have a pretty detailed website, and it's also where people can volunteer or donate. It's mattlittleforclarkcounty.org. And I just wanted to mention, I have an incredible list of supporters and endorsing groups including pretty much all of labor. I think that says a lot because I'm the newbie, he's the incumbent, and I'm getting the endorsements.
0: Well, I'll tell you right now, Matt, us in labor, we vote labor issues. We have Republicans, we have Democrats. We vote our pocketbook and paycheck issues. So we're kind of like an independent. And, and I like to say we're kind of stuck in the middle. Just like that song where you got clowns to the left, of you jokers <laughs> to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you, Matt uh, Little. Shannon, Independent.
1: Shannon, we're gonna oh. have to pay royalties on that.
0: Oh, we can't put that in the We can't put that oh, in the podcast.
4: It has okay, a good ring. No, so.
0: but that is how I feel as well. And I really hope people are listening because, Matt, I think that you really do have a plan to help put Clark County uh, back on the right
4: track.
1: And what's that website one more time, Matt?
4: Yes, please, everyone, go to mattlittleforclarkcounty.org and vote. Don't forget to vote, please, vote.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us, Matt Little, running for Clark County Council, District 4. And thank you for joining us, working people, for another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Sunrise Dental. Find out more about them at sunrisedental.com.
0: And remember, you don't have to be a union member to take advantage of the low cost care that Sunrise has to offer.
1: But if you are a union member, you can add the discounts they offer to the many benefits of union membership.
0: Speaking of union benefits, This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.
1: You better believe it. And hey, Shannon, before we go, you wanted to tell them about some ways they can help candidates like Matt Little in the upcoming election, right? Yes,
0: absolutely. The Southwest Washington Central Labor Council has endorsed some great, amazing candidates for working families this year. You've heard of some of them already, and you're going to hear from a few more of them in the coming weeks. We are running virtual phone banks. Really, they're fun banks, not phone banks. Between October 6th and October 29th. Find out more at our website, www.swwaclc.org.
1: Remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on. Email us at podcast at SWWACLC.org, Or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SWWACLC.
0: And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I know you want to do it. I know you want to press the button, subscribe, and then pass it on to your friends and family.
1: One last thing, folks. I don't have to tell you these are tough times we're going through. If you need help. Don't let your pride get in the way. Reach out to the Foundation for Working Families or the Washington State Labor Council. You don't have to go through this alone.
0: None of us have to go through this alone. Solidarity, unity, caring for each other. That's what we do in times like this. We help each other
3: and we'll get through it, as we always say, together. We'll see you next week.